Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. We'll try that again. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a Wednesday. You are in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from Pro Football Focus, Brad Spielberger. Brad, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you, Vinny? I'm doing good. I got a little busy today. Uh, I don't know if you if you heard the news, uh, but it got busy uh, in these parts with the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, a quarterback by the name of Colin Kaepernick and the workout that he had today with the Raiders. And I want to start right there. Uh, when I when I when I say the name Colin Kaepernick and Las Vegas Raiders and an actual workout and the possibility that he might sign here with the Raiders, what goes through your mind? Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. The Raiders have always been a progressive organization, and it's cool to see when Mark Davis came out a couple of years ago and said he would be open to the idea for them to, you know, now walk to walk after talking to talk. There have been other clubs like the Seattle Seahawks, who, frankly, Colin Kaepernick, even six years removed from the NFL, might be an upgrade over the guys on their current roster. Um, you know, they've said they'd be open to it and then did nothing about it. Thought it was very cool for the Raiders to go ahead and make that move, and, and maybe he is a Marcus Mariota replacement where you can have that package to use his legs and, and see what you have in him. To be clear, he hasn't signed uh, just yet, so we'll see uh, where that is all headed. But when you think about the Raiders and you think about Josh Ziegler and, and um, or excuse me, Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler, the general manager, what do you think this will come down to uh, from their from their perspective? And and I and I feel like Mark Davis, the owner, is going to put it in their hands if they feel strongly that uh, that Colin Kaepernick um, can can help this team, then he'll sign off on it. Uh, but uh, what do you think that they need to see for, for them to go to that uh, next level? Yeah, it obviously is going to be very tough for a guy that hasn't played since the 2016 season to step in and, and play competitive football. And I think the tough component of the evaluation process with him is, I think he's still going to look good in the workout. He's been training in the you know outside of football the entire time, apparently. He's always been a physically gifted player. I think some of his question marks came with, you know, reading defenses and, and, and some of the, the more, you know, the, the other aspects of football that you can't train for in practice outside of, you know, actually playing in games. But nevertheless, I think it ultimately comes down to do you think he offers you more than Nick Mullins, who is a solid backup, has some, you know, some productive play at times in the league. But I think, yeah, they're, they're trying to explore to a way to add a, a cheaper veteran quarterback backup that could add value in many different ways. Talking to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, all right, um, you know, normally when we think of uh, backup quarterback, uh, we think of just the backup quarterback. If the starting quarterback gets hurt, that's the guy that you turn to. But I would think in a Colin Kaepernick's uh, case, uh, not only would you get the potential of that, but you would also have the potential of somebody that can actually help you on a game-to-game basis situationally. Um, do you see that possibility being a possibility? Yeah, 100%. I think that is a big part of it. We saw with Josh McDaniels in New England, obviously didn't go perfectly well, but when he had Cam Newton in the building, 
you know, he used his legs. He used them down in the red zone. He was able to score a bunch of touchdowns and do a lot of things in short yarded situations. And I'm sure that's in the back of his mind, just knowing that a very different skill set from Derek Carr. Maybe you bring him in in the red zone. Maybe you bring him in on fourth and one or third and one and, and use his athletic ability in certain situations. I do. I think that is absolutely a part of the thinking for Josh McDaniels here. You know, um, we, we hear this element of it. Uh, I don't necessarily agree, but I'm going to throw it out to Brad Spielberger. Uh, oh, my gosh, this would be such a distraction for the Raiders. I don't buy it. These are professional athletes. They have a way of being able to, uh, to tune things out uh, and be very focused on what it is that they need to focus on. But I'll ask you, um, is there that potential, and how do you um, manage or mitigate it if so? You know, there's, there's always going to be questions, and of, of course he's going to be asked certain things, but I think at this point, you know, it's so far removed. I think we're in a different society, and it really true is a different country. It's been six years now. I also, not to make light of any of the situations that happened last year, but frankly, if you say distraction and Raiders, and you think, you know, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee before the game stacks up there with anything that happened to the team last year, I respectfully, th- you know, I respect, respectfully disagree. I uh, am right there with you. All right, let's talk about uh, players that are on the roster currently um, and getting ready to be showcased starting tomorrow. We get a first chance tomorrow uh, to look at the Raiders uh, in in OTAs and see them out on the grass. What are your expectations for Devontae Adams this year for the Raiders? I think he's going to continue to be one of, if not the best wide receivers in the NFL. He obviously has chemistry with Derek Carr going back a long time. And I think what's been beautiful about his game recently is the Green Bay Packers have put, a, put him in the slot. They've kind of lined him up all over. He's had a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick outs, slants, you know, using him in a lot of different ways and designing ways to get him the football early and often. And I think Jonathan Daniels has always done a good job of that. A lot of quick outs. You know, Tom Brady back in the day was getting the ball out in two and a half seconds or less all the time, finding his guys over the middle in the slot. And so, you know, I think he's going to be deployed all over. I think he's going to get Darren Waller more open, Hunter Renfro more open. But, yeah, I, I don't anticipate a drop-off in his game whatsoever. Brad, the Raiders recently traded uh, Brian Edwards, the uh, number 3 wide receiver. Uh, and a lot of people are wondering, all right, what are they going to do at that spot? Can I make the argument that maybe they'll just kind of cobble it together and maybe there's a third wide receiver by committee based on whatever the situation is uh, and not having a, um established number 3 wide receiver isn't the worst thing in the world? Yeah, uh, I think it's a perfectly reasonable argument. You can find production from a handful of guys. You know, they've obviously had, you know, had guys like Zay Jones step up last year, and you know, I think sometimes we underrate the depth that these guys can provide. And even a Kenyon Drake, they've obviously they cited his ability to catch the ball and, and line up potentially in the slot or out wide on certain plays. So, you know, I think it comes down to as well. You have multiple tight ends on this team. Maybe Foster Moreau takes the next step, and you get him on the field more. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not super concerned about not having a bona fide number three wide receiver. Are you concerned that, um, you know, Henry Ruggs brought uh, mega speed. Zay Jones, to some extent, was a speed guy. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, obviously, didn't have quite the wheels that he had early in his career, but he provided that element. When you look at this Raider uh, wide receiver room, there might not be the speed burner guy. um, And is that a concern? That actually is a fair concern, I think. You know, Keelan Cole is a good player. I like his inside-outside versatility, but not really a burner by any means. Um, you know, a good wide receiver for a guy that kind of fills the void we just talked about. But having that guy that can take the top off a of defense with speed does open things up for a lot of players. We've obviously seen it in Kansas City in the division for a very long time. And, 
you know, even Mike Williams in Los Angeles, maybe a different player than Tyreek Hill, but has that downfield jump ball ability. Um, yeah, I would say that is a bit more of a concern, but you can, you can find that. You can find that out there. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson. He obviously did not start the season last year on the Las Vegas Raiders, so maybe they're waiting for some cuts on, you know, after June 1st, or, or they're waiting for a couple guys, couple guys to come available. So maybe they're not done there. One guy that I wanted to bring up in that regard, and I know he's had trouble staying on the field. Uh, when he is on the field, he's pretty darn dynamic. Uh, a guy by the name of Will Fuller, who does bring that uh, element to the table. Um, what do you think his worth is uh, contractually right now? Uh, and could he be somebody that um, you know could help the Raiders in that regard? Yeah, so you know, I think after he signed the one-year, ten million dollar flyer, and you also factor in the suspension he had to serve last year for the PEDs, um, you know, the year prior, I think you're looking at a one-year flyer again. I don't think anyone is signing him to a multi-year deal, and I think we're talking one year, three, four million dollars, if that. Um, you know, he had the finger injury last year that basically knocked him out for the entire season. I think at this point, teams are probably wondering if he even wants to play football or how dedicated he is to football. Obviously, a very productive player when he does play, you know, would totally fill that speed void we're talking about, but I don't think he's breaking the bank by any means. Uh, I don't either, uh, but it'll be, and and, uh, you wonder too, does he still want to play? I mean, maybe that's uh, part of it uh, as well. Brett Spielberger, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Always appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much, and we'll catch up to you down the road. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it. That was Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, talking about the Raiders offense, talking about, and we, Mike Pritchard as well. Um, if you have a few minutes, just go watch tape uh, of, of Devontae Adams. Honestly, do you, if you like football, if you love football, if you like the artistry of football and the technical aspect of football and really the beauty of football, and I, I love football because there's so many different positions that uh, football beauty can be expressed in so many different ways. A great tackler, a great pass rusher, a great blocker. We've seen guys that just, you know, pancake uh, the opponent. A great cornerback, a great quarterback, a great running back. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in basketball, I love basketball, and there's absolute beauty and artistry in basketball. But it's not quite as quite, I don't think, diverse as it is in football when you break it down from position to position. Watching Aaron Donald do his thing on a daily basis, if you like football and like that part of football, um, is just, it's breathtaking at times. And I urge people to go watch Devontae Adams at his craft, work his craft. Uh, We've got some time before the season starts, before you're going to see it live and in person, uh, rooting for him and rooting for your favorite team, uh, the Raiders. I think you're going to develop a great appreciation for him. But in the meantime, Go check out the tape. I, uh, uh, Damon, just the other day I retweeted, I think it was the NFL, uh, and they put out a whole five-minute montage of uh, Hunter Renfro. Did you happen to check that that uh, that footage out? The first thirty seconds, because I was one of I've seen him play. I've probably seen all those highlights, so I saw the first thirty seconds. Congrats to the NFL for acknowledging Hunter Renfro, giving him that shine. But no, I didn't sit and watch the whole five. Minutes. Yeah, and but if you if <laughs> if you did, um, I mean, it's like. 
his what he what he's able to do uh, at the line of scrimmage and the route running and all of that. There's there's like something, especially since it's been months since we since we last watched it. But what I'm trying to I guess drive home is there's certain players that are just really good at what they do. Hunter Runfro in his own way. Um, and from his position as a slot receiver, is literally one of the best route runners uh, in the NFL. And you can see it if you just watch it, um, and you can see it, and you can really appreciate it. And I guess that's my point with Devontae Adams for Raider fans that have a few minutes on their hands. Go to YouTube and and, and call up his highlights and just be mesmerized uh, by it. Maybe I'm a football nerd. I'll, 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 I'll accept it. I was mesmerized even again, and I'm with Demond. I've seen it a million times, but that doesn't mean uh, that you can't just kind of get swallowed up in it and go, wow, this dude is really good and and really uh, appreciate it. It's kind of like an old song. It's a, you know, you're not going to, just because you've heard it five times, uh, doesn't mean you're going to want to listen to it again. It does it for you, you know, uh, in, in on, on many different levels. And so, um, Devonte Adams is somebody that I would that I would uh, urge people to do some studying on, just to see how good he is and what he's bringing to this Raiders table. And as Mike Pritchard pointed out, alongside um, Devonte, or excuse me, alongside uh, uh, Darren Waller, and the dynamic that that's going to create, and the pressure that's going to put on opposing defenses, uh, as Mike Pritchard said, you know, okay, if you even if you're going to defend those two players to the hilt, which there's, you're not going to really be able to do that. It's almost going to have to be one or the other that you're going to devote the extra attention to. But even if you devoted extra attention somehow, some way to both of them, then then how do you deal with Hunter Renfro, who could chew you up and spit you out in one-on-one situations? He is uh, an asset in that regard. One way or another, the Raiders are going to be able to get at opponents and the pressure that they're going to be able to put on opposing defenses is something that I don't think a Raider offense has been able to do in a long time. No doubt about it last year when the Raiders were at their best and Henry Ruggs was on the field and stretching defenses and opening things up for uh, opposing, um, or excuse me, uh, teammates, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, uh, Brian Edwards, and the like. Uh, even at that point, and the numbers were really good, there's going to be something different about this offense and these players. Uh, and, you know, D- Henry Ruggs at that time was still a – developing player. <laughs> Devonte Adams is a done deal. He is who he is and there's it's as good as it gets. Uh, and to see him out um on the field with the Raiders and with uh, the complement of players that he's going to have around him including a really good quarterback in Derek Carr, it's going to be really really fun. We're going to go back out to uh the Realty One Group listener line or guest line. Raider Tone is on the line. How you doing Raider Tone? Great. How you doing, Vinny? I'm really good, thank you. Hey man, it's super hot out here. Hey, uh, first of all, man, I'm 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 not the smartest guy in, the, in, in out here, man. I don't got didn't go to college. I, I'm a crane operator, been a Raider fan my whole life. I'm 56 years old, um, but I don't want Colin Kaepernick, and I'll tell you why. And I I don't want to keep good political at all, nothing like that. Um, I haven't seen him throw one pass. I haven't seen him work out. I have no idea where he is as as as, as far as the football team. It's more me. That I didn't like the 49. Did he do a great thing for 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 a lot of people? Um, Neil, and if I, for a lot of people, he did. For me, um, I re- really wasn't a big fan of it. And I'll leave it at that. Um, and I tell you what, another thing, Vinny. What I when I when I before all he started doing his protest, I used to watch every press conference before this is before all the stuff went down. I used to watch the press conference every night of press. I'm a Raider fan for life. 
but I would get, I would just want to see what the train wreck was. I wanted to hear was his comments were like one word answers, two word. So once I started seeing that, I really wasn't impressed by anything. When he came out with his statement on all the other stuff, I wasn't blown away by it was really. I mean, there was a couple of times he said it, but I don't hear it over and over again where I was blown away with it. For me, being a Raider fan, I will, nothing will ever change my my fan, my fan. Me being a fan for I'm a Raider fan for life. If Colin Kaepernick comes to Raiders, I won't change the thing. If he wins us a, a game, I'll be happy with it. But for me personally, as a fan, I don't. I'm not a big Colin Kaepernick fan. You know, I drive down the freeway or I drive down the back streets here in Modesto, and I see all these flags up in the thing. And I think there is something to someone kneeling against the, the flag. That's just my opinion. I'm Mexican. I've been arrested for dumb stuff myself when I was a kid. I've had cops kind of like, oh, scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, way, way back in the day. But personally, as a Raider fan, um, it won't break my heart if he doesn't get put on a team. And I know, like you said, Diddy, it'll definitely be because the X is a nose. The guy completed could, could make a pass. He could break a tackle. Um, he could throw a touchdown. That, that'll be why the, the Raiders will keep him. Won't be no, no other reason. But just for my personal uh, opinion, I'd be just fine if Colin Kaepernick is on another team. I just because, like you say, he doesn't really deserve it. Second chance. He didn't do nothing wrong. I, I agree with you that, Vinny. But for a lifelong Raider fan, um, I'll be just fine if he if if he goes somewhere else and takes a, a tryout for the Indianapolis Colts or the L.A. Chargers. Um, that's all I had to say, Vinny. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I hear you, brother. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Raider Tone. Uh, I do think it's going to come down to X's and O's, as it should have always come down to. And I think had it come down to X's and O's prior to this, he would have been on a football team a long time ago. He was a good quarterback, you know? Um, and, and you know, you might you could make an argument. Brad Spielberger uh, uh, brought this uh, to the table just a few minutes ago. You're, you're telling me that he's not as good as uh, Drew Locke, um, and I forget who uh, the other quarterback there is in in, in Seattle right now. Um, Geno Smith, I think it is. Yeah, he's better than those two quarterbacks. I don't. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, we have to figure out like what he has left in the tank. But if you're talking about Colin Kaepernick and had he still continued to play um, till this point, yes, my money is on Colin Kaepernick being a better quarterback than Drew Locke and and, uh, and 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 Geno Smith. And I would argue that he's probably, if you give him the right training and get him back acclimated, that he's going to play better. He would play better than both of those guys. So X's and O's, he should have been out here uh, a long time ago. And I understand whatever misgivings you know fans might have uh, of Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, the the social activist. Uh, I just do push back when I when I hear anyone talk about anti anything. There was nothing anti um, other than social injustice, which we should all be anti-social injustice, period, exclamation point. This was never about a hate for the flag, the military, and the police. It's, it, was a, um, it was a protest against the bad elements of uh, the police who for far too long have gotten away literally with murder. I'm just going to say it. So uh, there was no anti-stuff. It's things that we should all feel strongly about correcting and fixing. There's nobody that's above the law. I don't care if you're a president, a pro, a pope, a priest, uh, a councilman, a football coach, uh, a professional athlete, um, a radio producer, a radio host. Uh, none of us should be above the law. Um, and anywhere, and even people who are part of the law should be, should not be uh, above the law. Um, so that's, that's basically the bottom line, Devon Cotton. 
I like how you threw in radio producer there. Yes, us high and mighty radio producers yes. that are always running rampant against the law. Hey. But one thing that I did want to say, because a lot of the times with Colin Kaepernick, I actually got a direct message about this, where it's just um, his production dropped, and, that, and that's what sucks, because some people think that he started all of this just because his, produ- his production Oh my God, dropped. I hate that argument. But one thing that I will say, I know this is like just a revisionist history, because you know sometimes people are like, if that player would have been drafted by the team three spots later, would his career have panned out differently? You know, nature versus nurture, all that good stuff. If he would have taken that trade, if he would have taken that pay cut and went to the Broncos, <laughs> yes, I think he'd still, like, you know... Um, kneeling aside, I think he'd still be in the league. There because are, those, Bron- those yes. Broncos teams, I still think, with an average quarterback, they could have kept going after being the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to stay in I'm going to stay in San Fran and, you know, keep getting paid. Get but those teams cut. were and those yeah. teams were getting crappy. I know. And then so it's hard to be You honestly that's can't the real revisionist write, history that yes. like the real go back aside from the kneeling. You can't to take the pay cut and go to the Broncos. Right. You bro. can't you can't write the Colin Kaepernick story without also admitting that he made some tactical errors in terms of that very and I had people in the NFL say why didn't he take the deal with the Denver Broncos? Um, maybe he overplayed his hand, thinking that his future was absolutely secure uh, in San Francisco. But what did they do? Um, they cut him. They released him. So um, there you go. But uh, that even with that. Even with that, um, somebody should have stepped up and signed him, and I think there's a reason why he wasn't signed. Um, for and, and and I can't sit here and say all 32 teams shared that um, you know that sentiment. If you had Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, chances are you're probably not going to sign uh, Colin Kaepernick. You had your starting quarterback, so not everyone was um, y- y- you know blackballing him. But I think there were definitely some teams out there who had an opening at quarterback, who had a need for a quarterback as good as Colin Kaepernick to at least come in and compete for their starting job. Uh, Those are the teams that you have to raise an eyebrow uh, about and say, what were you thinking? So, um, you know, uh, it it, it is what it is. But uh, we'll find out what direction that all takes. What I do know, what I do know, Damon Cotton, is that uh, we're going to be out at uh, Raiders practice tomorrow uh, getting a chance basically for two hours Uh, to go watch the Raiders do some football stuff, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I don't take this lightly at all, and I'm going to you know, uh, bring this up. I'll never forget the first OTA practice I saw under Sean McVay with the Rams, and we were all over on the sidelines. You know what we were thinking? This was a 4-12 team the year before, Devon Cotton. You know what we were talking about? This looks way different than Jeff Fisher. This looks like there's some common sense to this offense. All of a sudden, there were some explosiveness and you saw Robert Woods you saw some of the players so it wasn't meaningless OTAs are not meaningless I literally saw and we anyone who was watching that saw a difference in the Rams and they ended up winning a division after winning four games so you can't just discount uh, uh, Devon Cotton OTAs oh no I don't think so at all and that's one of the things that Pritch said when we had him on earlier in the first hour is that, you know, sometimes it's about, you know, looking good in the seven-on-sevens, those one-on-one drills, but it's also developing that timing, you know, when it's, yeah. it comes to that quarterback-receiver relationship, those small things, you know, the center, getting his snaps right, getting it the way the quarterback likes it, those are the things that are going to be worked out in OTAs, and when you say, hey, you could just tell from that Rams um, OTAs that, hey, it looked different with McVay as compared to Fisher, yeah. those are the things that I think that Raider fans should be on the lookout for, and also the media, just to see – 
do things look different? You obviously aren't going to be able to tell, hey, this team's winning a Super Bowl just from the way they're running drills, but just how is the energy looking? How, like, you know, because you remember with the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, there was like a little critique of him about not playing music. Yeah. It was like him and also he's now in uh, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin as well, not playing music during practice. Just like those little battles of <laughs> what do you really want to not fight with your players about, but what do you want to show that right. you carry the big stick about yeah. as a head coach? Yeah, that's that's kind of lame. So those are all the things that I want to see. How, how does this look as opposed to the Raiders regime last year with the previous coach? Go staff? back a couple of years ago. Uh, if you don't think that the Raiders – felt like, wow, um, yeah, there's something here on this guy by the name of Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro in those OTAs in 2019. Uh, You know, the Raiders had signed uh, uh, Waller the year before somewhere along the line. He was on the practice squad in 2018. But once they got him on the field in OTAs um, and, you know, uh, Hunter Renfro, I'm sure at that time, guys like Derek Carr going, oh, uh, these guys can play. And that is, look at last year, Devon Cotton, I can remember uh, myself and others writing about, you know who? Nate Hobbs. From day one in OTAs, you can see certain guys in terms of how they carry themselves. Um, and, and you're like, wow, this guy looks like he might be able to, to, to bring something to the table ASAP. So I'm really curious when you're looking at a Dylan Parham, a Thayer Munford, uh, the rookies uh, that the Raiders may be tapping into uh, earlier rather than later, especially in Dylan Parham's case. How does he carry himself? What does he look like in drills? I remember this time last year, and if you want to discount uh, anything about OTAs, just remember this. How much were we writing and talking about Max Crosby this time last year? He looked like a completely different player. He was a ch- his body had changed, um, his vocal uh, tenacity had changed. He was being a leader, and it was it just jumped off the field from day one of OTAs, which is what tomorrow actually represents. So you can see certain things like that. You can see progress. You can see what is um, John, what is Alex Leatherwood look like right now? How does he look physically? Uh, has he changed the body at all? Has he utilized his time correctly? Um, you know, to get into the weight room to uh, to to eat pr- properly. What about his technique? What about his fundamentals? Um, you know, when when you, we talk about Alex Leatherwood last year, somebody brought this up on Twitter. You know, the the uh, important important or, or, or sort of game-altering or drive-altering penalties that he had last year. You know, some of that, and yes, the holding penalties, those, you know, you got to get that cleaned up. But remember, Devon, how many times we talked about last year, him jumping off sides in critical uh, uh, moments uh, or in the middle of a drive and all of a sudden, you know, third and two went to third and seven and changed the direction of a, of a, of a, of a series. And here's the thing, Devon, sometimes that's just a rookie thing. Like you're so overwhelmed and so there's so much that's going through your head that that's what you, you sometimes lose that composure. Guys talk about all the time, that second, that third year when things just start slowing down, right? They do all the time, but as you said, I know that people always like to say you can't blame the game on one. No, 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 I'm not blaming it. No, I'm saying I'm to your point. But there were a lot of instances last year where one false start 
or one, you know, <laughs> it was big. where it was where people were blaming it. If that doesn't happen, yeah, then maybe the outcome of the game is different. No, but no, and I agree with you. Like, there's so many other plays that happen, but you you felt it. Like, there were times sitting up in the press box, you're like, oh boy, <laughs> that was a big penalty right there. Not that it should have changed the outcome of the game, but it definitely changed the direction of a drive. Sometimes important drives down in the red zone where you're knocking yourself out of field goal range or out of score. You know, there were th- so. It's 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 uh, being composed in those situations, and and I think that Alex Leatherwood last year, other linemen too, but was not as composed as he needed to be and should have been in some of those situations. But I will say this: I'm not trying to defend him at all. Uh, you can't have that. But as you get a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing, and you have a little more confidence in what you're doing. Generally, that stuff starts slowing down, and uh, whatever is clouded uh, in your head or or you're anxious about, sometimes you're able to settle it down and just play with a little bit more composure. And I'll put it this way: if he's still struggling in that regard, that's a problem, you know. But if he's, which I think this is going to be the case, uh, if things, if he's been in the playbook and he feels more comfortable, this is not. He's not a rookie anymore where everything's, you know, going a million miles a minute. And that's, you know, Devon, when we, when we talk about that, you know, a guy like Nate Hobbs, you never felt like he was ever, the moment was ever too big from a practice to a situation to whatever. Certain guys just have the ability from day one to be able to handle their business in a, in a professional way. And not saying that he wasn't professional. It was just that he was the victim of moments sometimes, Alex, Alex Weatherwood. Well, you say that, but when I feel like when you're on a playoff team, when you're mm-hmm. on a team that's, hey, we're looking at the Super Bowl this year because every team that makes the playoffs is obviously thinking this could be our year. You, this guy can't be playing big minutes then. This guy can't be a starter on your team. I know that this coming season that we're going to say, hey, yeah. you deserve a second chance. But, you know, a little bit of revisionist history. I know you're going to say, who are you going to put in else? True. Well, anybody else then. Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. And real quick before we wrap up, because we are preempted by – Aviators baseball today. We just got yes. a call in from a fan, Dennis, who did want to, you know, didn't uh, care to be on the air, but, you know, told me, and I love it when the callers do that. Just yeah. tell me your take. Um, but Dennis <laughs> said that he would stop watching football if Colin Kaepernick were to sign with the Raiders. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. All right. So much. Hey. But hey, know. just getting to, you know, equal opportunity radio station here. Totally understand if, if that's if that's the uh, direction that you want to go in. Uh, I do call that cutting off your nose despite your face. Um, and you're the one who ends up losing. Uh, as a result, and I and I, I would hope that you would, uh, you know, uh, um, just think things out a little bit more and not just give up on football because somebody that uh, is doing something that he feels uh, convicted about uh, and feels like it's important to take that next step to draw attention to something uh, that it wouldn't affect you in in such a way that you know you would you would you would turn that into such a negative. That you'd be turned off from a sport uh, that that you know you truly love. One more love. One more thing about Alex Leatherwood. I still think that certain there's certain you know um, you have to live with certain things sometimes with young players because that's how you get better. I don't think that Al, and and the Raiders did survive. They made the playoffs, so it all came out um, in, in the wash in spite of some of the struggles that he had. But I truly believe, and if you if you talk to Dave Ziegler, you talk to Josh McDaniels, they're thankful that he stayed on the field as long as he did. Playing 18 games, and I want to say, did he play every snap last year? Or there might have been a moment or two where he was off the field. This is a guy who went basically wall-to-wall uh, last year um, and, and got through a season. And even the bad experiences, like those penalties, 
um, I think he has a chance to grow from. It's on him, obviously. Uh, but if you talk to anyone who, uh, you know, suffered through... 97% of the snaps That's season. pretty good for a rookie. That's that's a lot of experience. And, you know, getting in a playoff game, playing in big games, the game that he played against the Chargers, which I felt like he played reasonably, reasonably uh, well in, uh, in that game. Um, you know, that's just experience that you're not getting on the sidelines. And I think that, you know... Um, Especially in, in, in football where you feel like uh, yesterday when we had Rich Ornberger on there, hey, if there's certain things that certain, certain young players can't do, protect them. Do something differently so that you're giving them the help that he, that he needs uh, and then hope that there's better days ahead that he's going to get that squared away. Uh, but you just, you know, it's, it's, you have to be playing really bad uh, to get kicked to the curb. And I think, I don't think he was playing to that extent. And if you look at the statistics uh, and some of the measurements, he actually graded out pretty well sometimes, a lot of times actually, uh, in the run game. It was the pass blocking, uh, which he had an issue with. But coming into the NFL, that was always the the uh, the part of the game that everyone felt like he needed to, to work on. And really, I truly believe that the best way to do it is just to go out there uh, and play. But um, there's not, not that there's any excuses or anything like that this year, but it's a different year now. You're in year two. You went through all those experiences, and um, if you're uh, going to be counted on as a viable NFL player, um, you have to make that improvement. You have to take that step forward this year. And I don't think that there's going to be any impatience this year, uh, uh, Demond. If he's not performing up to snuff, they'll find a replacement for him. I think that that's going to – I think at, th- th- at this stage – that's the only way you can play with play it. Oh, without a doubt. If if he's after two games, if he's not performing, gotta yank him. Because I think that with this team, that it is playoffs or bust. It's gonna have when you say not performing, it's gonna have to be like colossally, like epically bad. Uh, to you know, I, I think that there's still the season's long enough. If you're losing so. and he's getting the quarterback killed, I yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I think that training camp, and I don't think he's going to play that bad either. So I I think that he's going to hold his own. Um, so how many games would it take for you if you know if it was up to you? Obviously, give you the coaching head. Like how bad is he playing? What are, what are we talking how many, about? How here? bad? How if he's playing? If he's a uh, uh, so sample size of however many games that he is playing badly. Let's say he's allowed two sacks each game. What what game? Would two you, sacks each game. Which, yeah, which I, game I would say three you, games. If you're if you're allowing two sacks each game, that's six sacks after three games times that by seventeen. Yeah, that's. That would and and you know I got to give it to you because I feel like you you would want to give him a longer leash. No, 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 so no. Not that, trying to but make he never extreme, he, he wasn't what, giving up two sacks a game last year. <laughs> so know? what would be the point in play? Something like that, yes, obviously. That's like that's epically bad at this level when you're giving up two sacks per game. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that is downright just utterly incompetent. If you're getting your quarterback uh, sacked six times, that is not even taken into account. How many pressures are you also giving up? If guys are getting two sacks on you in each game, that probably means they probably had about 10 other chances to potentially get to the quarterback. So, yeah, something like that. You have to find a, a, a replacement. But um, I don't I don't think he's going to play that bad. But who knows? We don't even know if he's going to win the job coming out of training camp. And that's what's so fascinating. Even about tomorrow, where does Alex Leatherwood start tomorrow? Where does he line up tomorrow? Guess what? We're going to have it for you guys tomorrow at 4 o'clock when we're back live in the huddle. 
uh, here uh, at uh, at the studio uh, and talk about it. And I can't wait. I cannot wait. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Uh, you know, in anticipation of getting out there. Thank you to Brad Spielberger. Thank you to Michael Mike Pritchard uh, for joining us in the huddle. Thanks, uh, Devon Cotton, for everything that you do. We're giving way to uh, Las Vegas Aviators baseball, uh, which is coming right up. We'll check you back out tomorrow in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, four to six tomorrow. Take care, guys. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.